I started kind of at the front lines. I wasn't managing people as a head of community or something like that, or I wasn't a team leader anyway, you know? So yeah, at first I was like, okay, is this something I want to do? I could be making a lot more money if I stayed in sales and and I could be moving up kind of the ladder if I get back into the stay in the sales world. But I just, at the end of the day, I really had to trust the fact that the things I was doing in this role were really energizing to me, right? My day-to-day was really, really energizing. You know, the things I was doing, I, I found incredibly meaningful. And I think that allowed me to be really present. Hey, welcome to Beginner Maps, where we showcase stories of scary career pivots so that you get the courage, path, and role models to carve out a career that you love. Today, we have Derek Chu with us. Derek is the community manager at Tribe PRM. He came into the community industry in 2022 after 11 years of experience in the sales industry. Since you have so recently broken into the community industry, Derek, you are the perfect person to speak to about making a career pivot in 2023. So I am super excited to speak with you today. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you for having me and I'm super excited to be here. So Derek, the goal for Beginner Maps, as I mentioned, is to help people build a meaningful career where they can do work that energizes them. And I want to start by talking about the moment in 2021 where you realized that it wasn't the case for you. What was it about the sales work that you were doing previously that didn't feel energizing to you? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it actually didn't just happen in 2021. I think a lot of kind of the the feelings that I had kind of with just the, the industries and, and products I was selling ended up be, like feeling very, I guess for lack of a better term, kind of like less meaningful for me. And I started feeling this probably like even three to four years ago. Um, what products were you selling? Like I, I was previously selling like advertising technology. Um, I had sold kind of in the SaaS space as well. And there were just some products where, and, and kind of industries where it just didn't feel like they were really aligned with what I valued and what I found meaningful. So I started having these feelings of like, okay, this is not really giving me the energy that I would like it to. And I'm someone who really needs a bit bought into the work they're doing, to the products that they're selling to the communities that they're working with. So I just reached a certain point in 2021 where I was like, okay, like I need to look into something else that I feel is more aligned with my values and the things that just bring me more energy and meaning. Um, so what are, what are those things that bring you more energy that you knew that bring you more energy? Yeah. So it's more at a higher level. The things that really bring me energy are, connecting people, um, creating spaces for people to connect at a deeper level, building deeper relationships, um, helping people uncover opportunities, um, being able to like connect those dots is something that I find very, very meaningful. 
And this is probably going to set the stage for the reason why I wanted to make a pivot into community, because I feel like I'm able to do that pretty much every single day in this industry. So right. um, absolutely. Yeah, those are the things that like I felt I, I had to get really, really clear on those things for myself um, at, at a very fundamental level to determine kind of this path into community. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think this is the first step. Anybody who wants to make a pivot into community, like they need to realize that this is the core of building communities, connections and talking to people. I, I want to like dive and double click into this because you said that you felt this um, before you were in the community industry. So when did you realize that you like connecting with people and um, relationships? Yeah, I'd say that it, it, it kind of, I reached a point where I, I kind of felt like I wasn't really clear on kind of where I wanted to go with my career. I'd say like this, these feelings started like, you know, three or four years ago and really hit a, like a culmination in 2021 where I was like, okay, the things like I, I need to get really clear with myself at a very core level as to what brings me the most joy, what brings me the most meaning, right? And did a lot of like internal work, you know, with career coaches and 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 even with my therapist to figure out, okay, like what's, where's this lack of clarity coming from? And how do we get really, really down to the basics of like who I am and the things that I've always enjoyed, even like going back to my childhood. And that always was building relationships um, diving into people's stories, connecting people to opportunity, helping people grow and learn. Those were things that always just like, I came back to even, and, and I picked up breadcrumbs all the way going back to when I was younger, you know, like those are just things I had to continue to pick up throughout my story and get really, and really get really clear on that and, and kind of like write it down. Right. And, and be very, very honest with myself about the things that bring me the most joy. And yeah, like it's all <laughs> pointed towards community and, and 2021 was a great kind of catalyst for that. So do you have any stories from your childhood where you could go back to and see that, hey, this is the moment where I actually know that I really enjoy uh, you know, this relationship and connecting people to opportunities part or anything yeah I, I think people would say like growing up I was always someone who like had a smile on their face always brought like a lot of po positive energy to the spaces that I was in and and almost to like uh like a weird like extent where people are <laughs> like why is he always so smiley like why why is he always so positive he's just he's always just so happy and that's something that kind of just like people told me naturally as a kid that that's who I was. And I think I've always been that in the spaces that I've been in. Right. And I've always been interested in, in kind of hearing people's stories and I always want to, I, I, I like prioritize diversity in my life in, in every sense of the word. And I think being able to tap into diverse stories and, diverse experiences, um, diverse 
ideas is something that's always been very, very, a big, very, very big focus for me, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's just kind of stood with me for, for a long time. And, you know, I like in high school, I was always the, the person that kind of had friends in every type of group in high school. You know what I mean? Like, wow. yeah. You know, I was always someone who hung out with the sports people or the art artistic people or the, you know, like um math, like the the math, like people strong in math and English, you know, like it was I was always kind of floating between all these different groups and had friends in all these different groups. And that was something I had to pay attention to as I pivoted in the community. It was like, okay, like this is something that just comes really natural for me. You know, I feel like if you drop me into any friend, like social situation, any social situation, I feel like I will find my way to navigate it and kind of thrive through those situations too. Um, so my friends always tell me like, yeah, like I never worry about bringing you to like a party with brand new people there and, and stuff like that. I know that you'll figure it out and you'll actually like have a lot of fun in those situations. And um, that's another breadcrumb that I want to pick up as I started to make the pivot in the community. Love this. I love this so much. Like there are so many people who um, who I am immediately reminded of when you're sharing like the kind of person you were, you are in every group and, you know, people aren't afraid to bring you and introduce you to new friends because they know that you will just gel with them. And um, this, uh, this feels like it, is a great identifier for somebody who can have a career, a very energizing career in community. Because that is one of the first things that, uh, you know, if I was, if I wanted to break into community industry, like my first question will be, will I be a good fit here? And these breadcrumbs, these are really helpful. And it also reminds me of the very first conversation that we had uh, on this podcast with Kyle Hagee of Morning Group where um, he, he said that one of the key things to being a great community manager is being able to relate with very different people. Because in a community, you have people from all different backgrounds. And as a community manager, you want to be able to empathize with them. So um, yeah, having this, this almost a generalist mindset and being able to connect with the people of different backgrounds, that, that works super well. Yeah, it's so funny. I consider myself a generalist too. And I'm a part of this community called Generalist World, started by Millie Tamati, who I hope she gets to talk to you at some point. I think you would enjoy talking to her a lot because um, she's a community builder as well. And yeah, it's just a, a group of like a thousand generalists who came together and said, hey, like, let's figure out a way to help each other as we navigate our careers as generalists, because I think typically society has frowned upon generalists, um, has always, I think society has always pushed people to specialize. And, and I think we're seeing a renaissance of that, which is amazing. And yeah, like I, I find myself being really, really a natural at finding ways to relate to anybody, even the, even the most subtle ways of relating to somebody. And and I find that so fun. It's just something that like is not, it's it's just like a part of me and, and um, definitely doesn't feel like work. And, you know, every single day, like I get to just ask myself as a community manager, 
Um, how do I bring people together in a better way? Right. And if that's like, that's like the, the question I get to ask myself every single day in my work, like, I feel like I'm winning, right? Like, I feel like there's, there's no way that I, 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 I can lose in, in a career like this. And um, I think that that's, that's, that's so fun. And it's, it's, it, it's been rare to feel that I think in my career overall, you know, like I've, I, I, I can't remember the last time I felt this much meaning. It's probably like almost over five years where I've like been like, wow, every single day I feel very, very, very excited and very grateful for the fact that I get to ask myself that as a community manager every day. How do I bring people together? How do I build more connective spaces? How do I connect people to opportunity? How do I help people grow? That's so fun, you know? and and I think as long as I'm able to follow that energy, I think that's that's just how keep it simple, right? And just keep following that energy, you know. I think and that's all I got to keep doing. So yeah. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for um, so candidly sharing what it was like for you to to understand and go through the process of understanding that community building might be for you. I want to I wanna segue into your journey into community now. So here you are uh, in 2021. You know that uh, you want to be connecting people, connecting them to opportunities and just networking with people. But did you know that community was the space for you to be in right away? Or were you still, you know, looking at other options maybe? Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't know that community was... The path that I wanted to take. I think the event that kind of started this journey was me joining a community called Circle, C-I-R-K-E-L, which is a community for professionals across multiple generations. So they connect people um, across generations on a one-on-one -on -one basis so that they can learn from each other, they can find insight together um, and, and just build a relationship that allows for like a millennial and a baby boomer to just build relationships, build empathy for each other and, and learn more about kind of what the challenges and, and insight per generation are. And, and that was really fulfilling for me when I joined that. Um, I met a lot of great people. Um, <laughs> I met a lot of great people um, who were kind of on the same path that I was on or like had embarked on a, on a similar path in their career um, who were, you know, a bit more experienced than I was and and they gave me a lot of great wisdom and in like after about like three to four months in that community I was like wow this I was blown away I thought it was an amazing experience I I loved what they were doing it was all online too right and this was like you know COVID and all that stuff too kind of mid-2021 um, and after a certain point, I just, I really loved the founders too. And then I kind of reached out to the founders and asked them if they were looking for part-time help and they needed part-time community help. And I came on and became a, uh, did some part-time work with them. And 
kind of I was like it was like I was a duck in water I, I kind of just loved it right away and um, really enjoyed diving deeper into member stories and building those member relationships and trying to find ways to connect people and 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 uh, create spaces for them to connect as well so it was just amazing and <clears throat> so I started in that role I, I have to pause you there um hang on um so this is fascinating to me because you said that and you just reached out to the founder of this community and um, basically offered you this part-time role. So two questions here. What made you realize that you want to work on building this community here? And second question, like, why did they hire you? Yeah. So the, the first question, I love the community because, and this is something I mentioned a little bit earlier, just right now is like, I like I seek diversity in my life, right? And in Circle, I got diversity of insight and wisdom because I was learning from so many people who were older than me or more experienced than me. Um, I, like, you know, I was talking to people who were like in their 70s and they were giving me so much wisdom about my path and um, teaching me so much. Um, and, and that was, I thought that was super cool because I think that, I think as a society, we need to be better about intergenerational work, right? We need to be better about connecting Gen Zers with boomers or Gen Zers with um, Gen X, you know what I mean? Like we need to be able to have more empathy and create more dialogue and conversation with each other versus like, shutting down those intergenerational conversations so yeah i loved um every connection i made in circle and you know a lot of my conversations still stand out in my mind and memory um so that's so, why um, you thought that like getting the job would mean more conversations yeah is that why you applied I was just like, I need to be a part of this. I already experienced the value of being in this community. So why don't I just shoot my shot here and reach out to the founders and ask them like, hey, like, you know, tell them, how, tell them about my experience, tell them why I love it, let them know kind of what I'm about and then just ask for a job and, and see if they'd be interested. And, and were they looking for one? They weren't. I mean, they, they needed help. Yeah. They needed help for sure on a part-time basis. They couldn't pay me full-time. It's, it's, you know, that, that's, but on a part-time basis, they needed help for sure. You know, so um, I helped kind of like with community intro calls. I helped with um, prospective member calls. I did onboardings. Um, I helped people create their profile within Circle. Um, I led, I facilitated events. So it was a cool, like, first exposure to community and it was just a lot of fun you know it was a lot of fun and yeah I think the the takeaway from that story is like if you're a part of a community that you're that you're really passionate about and aligned with and you're really enjoying the experience and you want to find a way to contribute more just shoot your shot that's it like I've never been afraid to do that and um it's 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 always led to something that has help me in a positive way, you know, and take steps forward as I, as I navigate community overall. Um, and I've done the same thing with like Rosie land, you know, I, I just shot my shot with Rosie and just raised my hand and said, I'd love to, to work on 
um, some programs for you. And Rosie gave me an opportunity to lead masterminds. Uh, I shot my shot on Bree and said, hey, Bree, like, do you think there's any opportunity to work together? And she was thinking about it. And now we're doing the community dissections together. I shot my shot with Millie at Generalist World too. And now she's letting me and in a little bit less than two hours, I'm going to be leading like a resume workshop, you know? So, oh wow, yeah, it like it's cool. Like I just, I, but first and foremost, like if you find, like I had to find alignment with these communities and these people first. And then from there, it's like, all right, let, let me find a way to get more involved. And um, yeah, so, so the takeaway is like, don't be afraid to shoot your shot. If, if, you know, this space or community is aligned with, what you value and, and what you want to see more of in the world. Mm-hmm. This is very valuable um, to shoot your shot. A lot of people, I mean, uh, myself included, I am very hesitant about shooting my shot because um, I'm not sure. Actually, it's just difficult to put yourself out there. How do you overcome that? Like, does it ever feel like, hey, what if this person says no? Yeah, that's like that's that's definitely something I've dealt with, and I think we'll probably like dive into like some of the imposter syndrome too, for sure, right? Like, because that's where it stems from. Stems from imposter syndrome, right. of like wanting to be um, perfectionist, you know, and that's that's a cultural thing too. I think with like us Asians, you know, like, but there's a lot of societal stuff that kind of manifests you know, in those two topics within a lot of us. And I think this kind of goes back to like, just naturally I'm wired in a way where I just always like have had a chip on my shoulder. I've always had people doubt me. And because of that, I've always been like, you know, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I don't really care like how you feel about that, you know, and that's always allowed me to kind of excel in places where I always felt like a bit of an underdog, whether it was like in sports or whatever it might be. I was like, all right, like you want to doubt me, then that makes me want to prove you wrong in in so many more ways. So there's that like innate competitive nature, that chip on my shoulder nature that I've always had. And, um, and then like going into sales, career in sales, where I was you know, very, very, it's, it's competitive. It's relationship driven in so many ways and all of that. Like, I can't tell you how many cold emails or cold calls I've done in my career. Right. And like early on in doing that work as like a sales development rep and AE and, and all of that, like, you know, it hurts when you get rejections right early on, but then over time, like I actually really enjoy those two things now. You know, and that's something crazy. If you would have told like 19 year old me, like, hey, you would act, you're going to actually enjoy this when you get older. I would have, I would have called you crazy. But now it's like, okay, all of those reps and, and all of that experience has helped me get to a point where like, I just have, I like, I, I love shooting my shot now and just seeing whether or not someone says yes or no. Like, what's po- Let's see what's possible here, right? Um, and, in and, and being able to do that in the community space is my percentage is really high in, in the community space in that regard, in terms of like 
having people give me like have a conversation with me or having people want to share more with me and be helpful like in community like the percentage between like outreach and having a meaningful conversation is like super high I don't know what the percentage is but it's an incredibly high percentage more so than like any other uh, any other industry that I've been in so like now I have a place where I can shoot a really high percentage right and and that's super cool and yeah so like if I can kind of give maybe a takeaway um, in regards to this topic it's like um how I think about it is the more you shoot your shot the more people you're telling about what you're interested in what you're curious in and passionate about right the more people who know that the better it's going to be for you, the more opportunities that can potentially be open to you. So it's something will hit eventually, right? Something is, is going to line up. Someone will know someone who will know someone potentially who can help in some way. So that's, that's how I feel about kind of like shooting my shot and, 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 you know, doing this type of outreach. And it's, it's definitely paid dividends so far already. And, um, I'm hoping to like just continue uh, doing a lot of this this stuff. This is very insightful. I love this. It's such an such an action oriented advice. Shoot yeah. your shot. And, um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate this. <laughs> okay. So we were talking about how you moved into the community industry. So you've started working with Circle as their part time community builder. Now, I want to ask you here you already had like 11 years of experience in sales, but here you are starting afresh in a new industry as a community manager. Did it feel scary that, you know, like obviously like starting as a fresher and, you know, not having the advantage of those 11 years behind you in a new job, new industry, that must come with a lot of challenges, whether it's financial, you know, compensation wise or just, starting new so how do you deal with that yeah that's a that's a great question and definitely I felt all of those things that you just talked about right like you know I was making part-time money and I was in full-time money and um I started kind of like at the front lines I wasn't like you know managing people as a head of community or something like that or I wasn't like a team, like a, a team leader anyway, you know? So um, yeah, like it's, at, at first I was like, okay, like, is this something I want to do? You know, like I could be making a lot more money if I stayed in sales and, and I could be uh, moving up kind of the ladder if I get back into the, stay in the sales world. Um, but I just, at the end of the day, like I really had to trust the fact that the things I was doing in this role were really energizing to me, right? My day-to-day -day was really, really energizing. You know, the things I was doing, I, I found incredibly meaningful. And uh, I think that allowed me to be really present and a lot of, I feel like, like for, for myself, 
in a lot of the work I was doing for like the last like three, four or five years, right? Like I wasn't really that present, you know, I, I, I really, I really wasn't finding a lot of meaning in some of the industries and products I was working on. You know, I was like, oh man, like, you know, I think I'm a really good salesperson for sure. And I'm good at building relationships and all of that, right? Like with customers, but like, it's just like, there's something that I, I don't find meaningful here and it started to drain me and I wasn't present, right? So in my day-to-day, -day, I wasn't present, but like, you know, with this community building role, I was like, wow, like I'm really present for this. Like it's something that I'm really finding a lot of meaning in. And I just had to like trust that, right? I had to trust the fact that my day-to-day -day was so meaningful for me that I was like, let's just find ways to evolve that. Let's find ways to grow in it and, and develop this craft of community building and get better and better at it. And um, let me put myself around people who are good at it as well, right? So I, I I think that's kind of that being able to trust that allowed me to get to a point where I didn't I didn't worry about like the fact that you know I was only making part time money or I started out at the front lines again, you know, like, um, and I think for me, like, I'm not I've never really been driven by climbing the corporate ladder and trying to seek promotions and seek promotions and and all of that like I've always felt like I had like a maker mentality you know like I really want to know like how this this stuff is done like with my hands like hands-on right in a tangible way and don't get me wrong, like I really enjoy kind of managing and leading a team and, you know, that that's, that's very fulfilling as well. But I also enjoy like the hands-on creation and making of things. And, um, and I felt like I got to do, I, I, I've been able to do that as a community builder. I can, I can get really hands-on with it. And um, so it, it, it allowed me to kind of humble myself when I stepped into this role and um I always believe in like rehumbling yourself after certain periods and and getting like your hands dirty with things and you know like working things and and trying to figure things out like as an actual maker and having that kind of like maker slash craftsman craftsman mentality you know so yeah that allowed me to step into that role and be really excited about the day to day you know yeah yeah. Okay, um, so uh, you're someone who values more meaningful work, who would choose more meaningful work over more money. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, like, obviously, especially like in this environment, like money is important for sure, right? But like, I would never trade kind of the work that I'm doing now and the meaning that I find in my work right now for like, a much higher salary for a day-to-day -day that I didn't enjoy or, or or didn't find meaning in, you know, like, and I know what both feel like now. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to choose like being able to do like really meaningful work because, you know, maybe even though I've, I've only been in community officially for less than a year, technically, right. From a full-time perspective, like it's only been May since May, 2022, but like, I'm just like, if I, if I lean on the fact that I'm in a meaningful role right now, my day to day, I got to trust that, you know, and trust that I, because I find meaning in it, I have energy to continue to, to get better at it. Right. And, and like really, really um, 
just have a ton of like curiosity in it. So um, yeah, I'm going to pick meaning, uh, you know, every day of the week at this point, because I know what the other alternative looks like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Love this. And um, thanks again for being so frank and discussing this with me. Yeah, this can be pretty difficult to admit and talk about. So thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I want to talk about your uh, experience with C-School. You you joined C-School soon after you decided to become a community manager. What was that like? Yeah, C-School was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed many, many aspects of C-School. Um, you know, like I had a really good instructor, like a couple of instructors in Kate and Caitlin. Um, we had a lot of good facilitators in the program to help like manage the program overall. And, you know, I really enjoyed all of the relationships I built with my cohort mates. I think like one thing that, um, that I did pretty naturally once I came into C-School and community club, and this is kind of given my own background in sales and just like, you know, not being afraid to shoot my shot was, um, I just reached out to so many people in community club who I just felt like were very active in the different channels or very active in events and, and all that. And I just reached out and I just shot my shot and, and asked people if they wanted to meet one on one, tell me more about their their community experience, their roles and all of that and just build relationships in that way. Um, C school told you to told me to do that, like, I think, to a certain extent, but for me, I was like, okay, I'm like, I have all these people here. Why would I not just shoot my shot here? Right. So I, I, I reached out to so many people in like my first two weeks of C school. And, and I, I, I probably did that like more than most people would when they first start C school. And I just, it helps set me up well for kind of just being able to like hit the ground running in this industry and let people know what I'm about, you know? So can you give me like a concrete example of how this helped you? Anything yeah. that comes to mind where one of these conversations left um, gave you an advantage uh, yeah. in the future? It's so it's so interesting because one thing I did, and and I don't I don't think a lot of I'm not sure if many of my cohort mates did this. Maybe a few, but um, what I did was what, so one of the assignments in C school is to create like a community strategy for any community. It could be a, a, a made-up community. It can be a community that you're working on already or know about. So what I did was I, I, I took that as an opportunity to apply for jobs already right away. Okay, so I saw community roles that were open in this community club jobs channel, and I was like, with, I, I, whatever jobs I saw that were interesting, I was like, why don't I cold email these people or cold outreach these people and tell them, hey, like I'm in C-School right now and I'm in, in the middle of a career pivot. One of our assignments is to build a community strategy. Do you need help building a community strategy for your community, right? Because I can, then I can build the strategy for you, right? And, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to get into the interview process too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, I was able to, to get into the interview process for 
now like three to four companies. Um, oh, you know, wow. That is incredible. <laughs> I was able to build some level of community strategy for all of them based on my own research of what their community looked like. I didn't have like inside access to any of these communities. So I just like went online, looked up like what their products were, what their communities looked like. Um, and then from there, kind of just just made assumptions and built some built some community strategies. And um, obviously, none of them like directly turned into a full time opportunity, but they turned into like I added all of those people on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I I built some level of relationship with them already, and you know, if like so with some of them, I've definitely followed up and and maintained that connection over time. That was back in like you know that was always almost been a year now, right, since that happened, but um, it, it taught me a lot, you know, and I told Kate that I was doing this, and she was like, oh, like, don't burn out, though, like, this is a lot of work that you're doing, and, and you're not getting paid for it, and I was like, yeah, I'm hoping, like, at some point, even though I'm not getting paid for it, like, I'm getting into an interview process, and maybe something lands, you know, so I'm just shooting my shot again, you know, um, yeah. and, but yeah, like, that was a concrete example of how I just, like, I took what what C school had and what community club had, and I was like, okay, like let me let me morph this into like something that I can take advantage of based on my experience and what I do, and and just see what happens. Um, so, yeah, those were key moments in teaching me like that I had a lot to offer this this space um, and and had a lot to offer to the community, even though I was new, right? I had a lot to bring to the table. And um, it was clear that people knew that and could, could feel that from me. So um, yeah, like that. And so, yeah, that's my, that's that's kind of how I would solve my C-School experience. Um, I have a question here. Um, so when you reach out to these companies and ask them if they can have you as their, you know, community, potential community manager, what exactly was your um, proposal? Like, what did you say that you can bring to the table? Why do you think that they took those meetings with you? Yeah. Because you were still in C-School and was it because of your part-time experience at Circle? I would say it's it was kind of like, yeah, my part-time experience at Circle, like, all of the work experience I had up until that point and, and the community strategy assignment is, is really interesting because it's literally building a strategy from the ground up. Right. So it's talking through like, you know, what is this community? Why does it exist? Who does it serve? Like getting clear on some of these things, right. Um, what is the plan for this community? Like where can we have this community gather? Right online. What kind of like? How do we measure success with this community? Um, how are like? And then what's the plan for like getting the word out about the community to to grow the user base? Um, and what is the playbook for like onboarding new members and making sure that you're building a a, a long term relationship with members? So, the community strategy assignment was really compelling for a lot of, I'd say, a lot of early communities, right? Because you're helping them think through their strategy around this and providing like a concrete strategy for how to go about it, right? I feel like that's one of the main things that hurt the years was the fact that this assignment was so applicable in a real world environment, which I really commend C-School on building, right? That I was able to perk a lot of people's ears, I think, 
by offering to help them build some level of strategy out, given that like you can only do so much on the outside, right? Right. Love this. This is incredible. Okay. So that is your C school experience. I love this. And then you go and you get the job at your current job at Thrive. How did you do that? Yeah. So another great thing that C school did was kind of helped cohort members get interviews, right? And get matched with certain jobs in the community space. So um, I had been chatting with Eric and Kate over at C School and, and they were like doing their best to facilitate conversations with companies that they thought would be a fit for me. And Eric made an intro to, um, to Thrive and said, hey, like, I think this would be a really good fit for you. This is what the role will look like. It's, you know, it's very high touch relationship building. You're going to be meeting with a lot of members. You're going to be facilitating events. Like, you're going to be moderating their Slack workspace. And, and so Eric helped facilitate an intro to Thrive. And the process worked, it was really quick. It took like about a week between the first interview to the last interview and then to the offer stage and pretty much sign an offer the day I graduated from C-School. So it's like timing was great. I ended C-School like in April at some point, like, I don't know, I think it was like early or mid-April of 2022 and then signed an offer for Thrive um, right then and, and started in, in mid-May at Thrive. So yeah, that's another thing too. Like I have to give a huge shout out to Eric and, and Kate for helping facilitate these conversations. And I think like for me, like yeah, I, I was very, very grateful and I felt very lucky that that I was able to lock something like that down at, um, before C-School ended because I don't know, I haven't kept up with my cohort mates too much. I don't know how many of them were able to like get into community full-time yet but I was like I feel like I was one of the few that was able to do that and I was very grateful for that opportunity and mm -hmm. great you know the the C-School and, and community club team for helping facilitate that so. yeah love this and um yeah a big shout out to Eric and Kate from C-School and everybody that's behind it <laughs> a lot of great people over yeah for sure <laughs> Yeah, now I'm going to touch upon the imposter syndrome that you mentioned you felt and um, actually how you overcame it. So tell us, how was it like overcoming the imposter syndrome? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a deep question for sure, you know. And I, I think like imposter syndrome is something that I've dealt with, I think, my whole life, right? Especially in various areas of my life, whether it's like socially, uh, whether it's in sports, whether it's academically, whether it's professionally, right? It's something that's just always kind of like there. And we all, I think it's important for all of us to kind of continue to figure out what our relationship is with imposter syndrome. Um, and I think for me, the times when I felt the most imposter syndrome were the times when, sorry guys, God, sorry guys. <laughs> Um, but at times when I felt the most imposter syndrome were the times looking back when I had the least clarity on 
what I really wanted for myself. And if I look back at the times when I felt the most that the feeling the most, it's like I had I didn't have a lot of clarity at that time, you know. And I think um, when you have a lack of clarity, you're kind of just like moving through the world with out a lot of intention right with a lot with, without a lot of intention around who you want to be who you are and and what really like what really you love doing and, and what you're energized by you know and um and when I didn't have that clarity or that intention I would go into spaces where they actually probably weren't really aligned with me you know I didn't really find these spaces meaningful potentially or these 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 jobs or companies meaningful, right? Or I didn't find this group meaningful really, you know? So that led to a lot of imposter syndrome when I was in those places or in those roles, right? I was like, oh man, okay, like, man, like, do I really want to be here? Um, am I supposed to be here? Like, everyone seems really excited about this, but like, there's something missing here for me. And those are the moments where it's like imposter syndrome is like crazy, you know, it's like, oh shit, okay, like, I don't belong here, you know, I probably don't belong here, um, but I'm probably just got to like put a smile on my face and and um, just like pretend that I, I belong here, you know, and then I think being able to get out of a place where I wasn't operating under imposter syndrome took a lot of work to like figure out the things that I actually find meaningful in my life, the things that I really care about, the things that I I'm really energized by, you know, and that took like a combination of like coaching and therapy and um, and taking certain courses to get clear on this stuff and having com and having conversations with really insightful people around this. It took a, like a lot of just work in that regard. That, that was really, really difficult, right? But, you know, if I look back, it's it really just comes down to like, at a very, very basic level, getting clear on like who we are and, and kind of coming back to who we are, I think, individually and coming back to our own lives. So it's it, it was very, it's like very spiritual in that way, you know, like I just got to come back to who I am, you know, come back to who I was as a child come back to like pick up all the breadcrumbs um that I can remember throughout my life and write it down you know like work through it in my head um and I really feel aligned in so many ways right now that that I just I'm going to continue like kind of going after this because this day-to-day -day feels right and I'd say like at a, at a very very kind of fundamental level being able to prioritize how we feel in our day-to-day -day work is probably much more important than those major like career milestones that we always are told we should try to achieve, right? This is so insightful. Right? Like- 100% agree with this, yeah. If, if, if I'm able to literally enjoy the process every single day, everything else will take care of itself. Like, and don't get me wrong, like I have goal, like pretty like, specific goals of what I want out of my career and like, you know, like what I want to, like how I want to set myself up well financially and all these things like we have to, right. But like, 
at the end of the day, my day to day is is so meaningful to me um, and, and the work that I'm doing, not just in the Thrive community, but across the other communities I'm a part of. All of this is so energizing and I'm enjoying the process so much that that's like, I feel like that's so, that's like one of the most important things about our careers is being able to enjoy the process, you know, and not be driven by just like an outcome, you know, or being fixated on that. I'm enjoying the process, you know, so that's, that's a huge win. And um, that's, that's helped me in so many ways. Yeah, this is incredible. So uh, it reminds me of this book by Scott Adams. I forget what it's called. It's something like how to fail at everything and still win big. Yeah. And um, one of the key things that he says in there is to have a process-oriented mindset instead of a goal-oriented mindset. So um, make sure that the ongoing process is enjoyable and it's what you want and do not set goals to drive it. Totally. Yeah. I completely agree with that mindset. And, and I love that example a lot. Right. I might have to check that book out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you should. It is one of my favorite books. Awesome. Yeah. It's, I look at an example of like, you know, why the greats are good, right? Like why someone like LeBron has been as good as he has been. Right. And I always like use like sports analogies, but LeBron is as good as he is because he enjoys dribbling the ball every single day. He enjoys like learning how to shoot every single day and shooting the ball every day. He enjoys like picking apart defenses and the X's and O's every single day. He enjoys that, right? It's not like he enjoys kind of having like the responsibility that he has. And he enjoys just like, he doesn't just enjoy the glory of, of being one of the greatest of all time. He enjoys like, literally playing basketball every single day, right? He enjoys practice. Like if you can enjoy practice, I'm like, cool. Like you're going to be good. You're good to go. You know, like I, I, I'll check back in in 10 years and I know that you'll be, you'll have had a great career. You know, if you enjoy just the game of playing the game of basketball and improving your skill set in that every single day, yeah, you're good to go. You know, so that's how I, I, I try, like that's a mentality I've tried to, kind of adopt in my career at this point. Love it. <laughs> okay, I, I also want to, uh, as we're talking about your career now, I want to talk about how you're looking at it in the future. So you're doing some really interesting things with other people in the community industry. So whether it's with Brie and the YouTube series that you're creating or the mastermind group that you're starting with Rosie, or the, the work that you're doing with generalist world. So you're doing a lot of things and these are like really interesting projects. How do you imagine these projects to help you in the next stage of your career? Yeah, a great, another great question. I would say, and this is something that, that I learn a lot from Rosie is I feel like I'm building a portfolio of communities that I am helping build overall, right? And that allows me to think of my career as just a peer community builder, right? Or someone who wants to help communities thrive and become stronger. And if that's like my overarching goal, I can just find like, in that kind of portfolio, I can find communities that I think 
are really aligned with my values and what I want to see more of in the world. And I can hopefully find ways to contribute, right? And some of those opportunities are paid. Some of them aren't paid. I'm hoping though that as I continue to build this portfolio and evolve the portfolio over time, you know, the financial benefits will come, right? But right now I'm like, hey, let me just like keep adding value. Let me just like continue to be action oriented, like you had mentioned earlier, right? Like I'm just like biasing towards action right now, right? So it's like, all right. Let's keep adding points to the scoreboard, right? I'm adding points, you know, I'm scoring, I'm scoring, I'm scoring, I'm, I'm doing, I'm adding, you know, to the stat sheet, right? Just, just that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not trying to like overthink things too much at this point. I'm just like, okay, like if this community is aligned with me, let me find ways that I can contribute based on who I am and my unique experience. And then just adding to the tallies. And, and, um, and that's kind of my mentality right now you know, with this portfolio is just like continue to kind of add value and then event and, and build relationships as a byproduct of that and then just continue to move forward. That's it, you know, so um, yeah. And Give me an example, uh, like take an example of the Roseland community. How is this playing out over there? But right now I am helping them build or helping Rosie build her mastermind program. So we have our first season of masterminds that's starting and it's gonna be like a three month season and it's starting on the 19th, right? And um, Rosie is really trying to get more leaders in the community to take on programs in the community as well. And, and she's paying people to take on these programs too to help her build Rosie land, continue to do that, right? So there's a team of us over there who are helping to lead certain programs and we're all getting paid for it as well. And um, she's done a really good job of helping or ha having people help build Rosie land. So that's like a great example of that. And obviously Rosie gets that right away. You know, she understands like this is what needs to be done. So like, it was very, it felt very easy for us to partner on this together. And I'm excited just to see what happened with the mastermind, right? Like, I don't want to have too many expectations heading into this season because you never know what could happen. Maybe what, what if two people in the mastermind end up starting something together or like three people do, you know, like you never know what could happen when you bring people together that want to learn together, want to create opportunity together. Um, you know, so I'm just like, let's create space and let's see what happens, you know? And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I'm thinking about my career is like doing more of these things right now. And I really haven't really thought like what three to five years looks like yet, you know, because I'm just trying to add to this portfolio, trying to like be action oriented and maybe we can check back in and like, six or 12 months or something like that. And I, I'll have a better answer of like what my three to five year looks like. But right now I'm just so present for this work. I'm enjoying it so much on a day-to-day -day that I am going to keep trusting that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So once again, this is very uh, inspiring. You know, you're biased towards action and you're just trying to score points. Um, yeah, these are 
much to live by. <laughs> so with this, I want to move us into the final round of this interview, which is the rapid fire round where Piyush has prepared some questions for us. Piyush, over to you. Thanks, Sandesh. Hey, Derek. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm like feeling super energetic today. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be five questions in this round. No follow-ups. Let's do this. First question. What's a fun fact about you that is not covered on your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> um... Uh, this is this is a little bit embarrassing. Or maybe not embarrassing, but it's pretty random. I took like six six months of tap dancing lessons when I was like seven years old. And uh I was like in a like a, a performance for the Nutcracker, and there's like a very embarrassing photo of me that's floating around my my mom's house. And <laughs> not a lot of people know that about me, but I want to say that that those six months allowed me to like build pretty good rhythm and like enjoy dancing a lot too. So yeah, but that's definitely not going on my LinkedIn profile, but now I'm sharing it with <laughs> maybe I will. So good. But that's good. That's good. So good. <laughs> Let's move on. How do you motivate yourself when you feel stuck? Oh, that's a good question. I try to like dive into like why I feel stuck um, and really understanding the why first and foremost. And I think once I dive into that, it usually comes down to like, one, I feel stuck because things out of my control aren't really going my way, you know? And when that happens, I remind myself, okay, like, well, what can I control? Right. And what are the steps I can take within my control to get further or closer to my goal? Um, and then I start taking those one or two steps that, that are easy to take. And then just as we had mentioned, biasing towards action, you know. So, yeah, I think being able to like dive into the why in the moment as much as I can and dissecting that is something that helps me feel unstuck. Yeah. Do you tap dance for a bit? <laughs> I have like air forces on I'm like <laughs> uh, no I uh, but yeah I yeah. it's so it's so funny and like there's this one bit from like Sesame Street back in the day where Gregory Hines was tap dancing and that's like such a core memory for me and I think that that's what made me want to get into tap dancing I was like mom look at this guy tap dance on tv like, so cool and then my mom was like okay and then we found some tap dancing classes and I did it. And it was <laughs> crazy how that's- Amazing, amazing. Now think back to who you were five years ago. What do you think that version of you would be most proud of who you are today? The good one. I would just say being in a place, I'd say that, yeah, five years ago, me would be really proud of present day me for doing the work to find clarity on who I really am and what I really wanted in my life and also embodying and living that intention every single day now um that's a huge that's a huge win and, and I think five 
five years ago, I, I would be really proud of looking at who I am today in that regard. And I'm showing up the way that I want to show up right now in the world. And um, that that took a lot. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very windy journey to get to a point where I, I can tell you that I feel that way and I can verbalize that. So, yeah, I'd say that's, that's the number one thing. Awesome. What's the next big thing you're trying to achieve in your career? I'd say like one thing that's really cool about the work that I'm doing now is kind of like I'm able to have income from more than one place, which is something that I haven't really had in my career. I've always been focused on just like having a full-time role and that being like the main source of income. But like now it's like I'm picking up some projects with other communities that I really love and really find a lot of value in and being able to like help them out and also um, have an income from them in some way. Like that's super cool. That feels like, like a ton of fun, right? Um, so just, I think continuing on a path where I'm able to do that and kind of like diversify the income is super cool. Um, and just like, you know, obviously improving in the craft of community building whatever that looks like, right? Because like in some, some days it looks like, okay, being really good at the day-to-day -day community management work of going into Slack and, and starting conversations or creating spaces. But sometimes it's like, okay, like, no, you know, like as a community builder, we need to build more partnerships, right? And, and, and find other revenue streams for a community. So it's like, okay, how do I put that hat on today and dive into that? Or sometimes I have to put on a marketing hat for being a better community better so like what does that look like right so i think getting better at the overall craft of community building which entails a lot of different things but i want to get better at just community building overall and the last question to help our listeners what advice would you give to someone who is starting their first community job tomorrow i would say and there's a lot of themes that we've touched on in this conversation already, but never forget your value and never forget that all of the experience and skills that you've built up until this point are going to serve you as you step into this community role. Don't ever feel like you have to leave those things behind. Bring those things with you and know that that's actually probably going to be your superpower as you enter the community space and and just never forget that that those things are so valuable so take those things with you and add them to the craft of community building and community management you know and, and that's what's going to make you unique that's what's going to make you powerful in this space and you have value to add to this space right away just never forget that and that's probably my biggest takeaway that's motivating. Thanks, Eric. That brings us to the end of this round. Yeah, that was fun. The end of this interview. Nitesh, show it to you. Yeah. For the audience, for the audience was... I, didn't know, I didn't know what the rapid fire questions were going to be. So, you know, I just had to, <laughs> just had to freestyle. <laughs> you did, you did good. <laughs> yeah, and like even with this entire interview, I feel like you were great direct. Um, you had so many insightful stories to tell us and such inspiring lessons. I especially love the part where, uh, you know, you discuss how you discovered, you know, what was the process of understanding yourself and how you wanted to 
take your career forward and um and also what was the experience with you know getting your first few gigs in community building the advice you gave about putting yourself out there they feel very inspiring to me awesome i appreciate that a lot i appreciate you guys for creating such an amazing platform for the community space i'm looking forward to seeing all the other interviews all the other interviews are coming and yeah i, I love the work that y'all are doing so keep it up and excited to see where this continues to go